Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast. The beginning of any new endeavor can be challenging. There are unique practices, new language, and so many questions about the way things are supposed to work. This newness can be tricky to navigate and sometimes downright frustrating. In this series, we'll focus on addressing questions that people who are new to Christianity or are just starting to engage with scripture might have. We hope these conversations will inspire and encourage you to more fully participate in the kingdom of God. What about the rules? Every Christian knows there are rules, things you're not supposed to do and things that you have to do. In this episode, we talk about the nature of those rules. They aren't arbitrary requirements to prove obedience. Essentially, the rules are God's description of how the world works and what is best for us. The consequence for not following them is that we miss out on some of the abundant life God offers. He loves us. Nothing can change that. There are no rules for earning his love. The guidance of the Bible is about truth and consequence, showing us the way to make the most of this one precious life. Sometimes people ask the question, do I have to follow the rules? And of course, the best answer to any question is a question. So I like, I think maybe a good response would be, what do you mean by have to? <laughs> what do you good. think people usually mean when they say, do I have to? I mean, they're asking, what will the consequences be? What Is happens that really if what they're asking? What do you think? When, you're, when your students that come and ask, do I have to do this? What do they mean? Can I not do it without consequences? I think that's what they mean. Like, how, Is something like, really going to happen? Would it still be okay if I, if I didn't do this? What do they mean by okay? I mean, that's a, good, that's a good question. That's where you get to consequences, right? Am yeah. I going to get in trouble somehow? Mm-hmm. And am I going to pay a price? So, you know, I think the, the, the road answer to the question, do I have to follow the rules, is no. Because... You don't have to. You actually you don't. Can do, you have free will. You have, you, yeah, God. That's, that's what makes humans human, is God gave humans choice. And... You're given a very graphic illustration of that in the Garden of Eden, where God says, I'm going to make one rule. I'm just going to make this really simple. <laughs> just one. You can do anything you want to with no consequences that'll be negative. I'm going to give you one rule with one negative consequence. If you eat of that tree, you'll die. Just one. And then, and then God masked himself. He masked his presence so that the choice so could be real. Rule. Right. So the choice could be real. And did they have to follow that rule? No. He gave them the choice. He gave them the choice. So you don't have to follow the rules never, from the very beginning. You never have to follow the rule. But if the question is, is there always a consequence to my choice? Yes. The answer is always yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think... Yeah, for sure. And I think part of the... Part of what seems like it's the undercurrent of, of that question is this, you know, I think is a false paradigm of uh, the Bible or Christianity in general is, a, is about asking me to do all of the things I don't want to do. Yes, so how much can I get away with? How much do I have to actually let go of the things that I really want to do and I really enjoy doing? So that actually brings up another 
question, which is maybe a better question, which is what are actually the rules? Yeah, and I think there's a big misimpression of that because I think certainly speaking for myself before I read the Bible, before I was a Christian, I just thought it was a rule book. That's really, it's got all Uh kinds of stuff in it. It's going to tell me what sin is and Mm -hmm. sin is all the stuff that I'm not allowed to do. Probably lots of it that I really want to do, that I would really like to do. And now I got to give all that up if I want to be saved, if I want to be a Christian. Right. That was kind of my impression. And that's a lot of new Christians, people who are thinking about Christianity. So they say, well, you know, I want to, whatever it happens to be, I live with my girlfriend now and I'm, I won't mm-hmm. be able to do that anymore. Yeah. And premarital sex or whatever fill the in thing. The blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever the fill in the blank that their, their flesh is attached to, mm-hmm. for lack of a better yeah. term. They want to know, can I keep doing that and still be a Christian? And so what's the rule set and how much of that do I have to follow to yeah, be a do Christian? I have, what do I have to give up? And so and the interesting thing is, uh, in order to become a Christian, that means to be born again. We covered that in the born again, which is enough faith to look. And then you're born again, which is something that's a gift that's given. And God's gifts are irrevocable. So in that sense, it's pretty simple. And then the question is, oh, if it's that great, then I should be able to do whatever I want to. And the answer is yes. Yeah, you can do whatever you want to. And will that affect how much God loves me? No. No, it won't. Well, can I still be in his family? Yes, absolutely. But will there be consequences? Oh, yes. <laughs> Enormous consequences. Well, can I get rid of that? Can I make it where there's no consequences? No. That's the no answer. Well, how can I make it where cause-effect is different? That's, I think, ultimately what we're really usually asking is, I don't like the way God made cause-effect. I want to do it a different way. And that we don't get to choose. And as I've studied the Bible, one of the, one of the things that's become clear to me is that what God is, what God is saying with, let's call it rule of law. We do a lot of political stuff together, so rule of law is a political term. It comes from the Bible. And rule of law is essentially God gets to make the rules. And what God made was cause-effect. And it is. It is what it is. You don't have to believe it, and you you don't have to act on it, but gravity's gravity. And you can say, listen, I just do not believe in gravity. Jump off a building, Jump still off. hit the ground. <laughs> it'll work. It'll work for a second or two, uh-huh. and then you hit the. You're going to hit the right. pavement, and it's that way in the moral universe too. And so, yeah, sexual sin, whatever it is, yeah, you can. You are being given the choice to do all those things. The thing is, the the consequences. What the Bible's telling you is the consequences of those things is a death. And if the, if you want death, then do that. And if you want life, do this other thing. Can I dig in a little on that? Because this is something I would say also as a newer Christian, you hear uh, sin is death, right? The wages of sin are death. What does that really mean? Does it mean Mm -hmm. death in the sense that, okay, so you're just going to die if you sin? Well, so let's start with what is death. All right. And so let's let's just think about how we use that term in English. So I've got a dead battery. What does that mean? 
No more power. Have a battery. It, it's yeah, <laughs> it was flowing and it stopped. It got disconnected from the circuit. That's right. what that means. Okay, I have a dead relationship. You had a flowing, thriving relationship. It's now broken. It's now disconnected, separated. Right. Okay. The death of a dream. I was connected to this thing. It's now broken. Right. Um, that's what death. Death is a separation. And, and that's true with physical death, too. Um, if, if I were to you know, start gagging and drop over, my body would still be there. It hasn't stopped to exist. Death is not cessation of existence. And my spirit would still exist. They just separated. Spirit went, spirit left the body. That's a separation. So what death is, is a separation. And sin always brings separation. So, I mean, just pick one. Adultery is clear, clearly a sin. Um, if uh, you commit adultery, something dies in that relationship. Some, some level of trust dies. Now, there can be redemption and things, but the level of trust you had will never come back. You can get a new level of trust, but the old level of trust never comes back. And that's, that's true with any, any sin. So that's question number one. What is, what is sin? What is death? It's a separation. Second question is, what does wages mean? And when I say wages, what, if we're just using regular conversation, what does that mean? It's when I get paid. Well, you get paid, okay? Consequences. Right. So the consequences of sin is death. So it's a consequence of a choice. Death is a separation. You always get a separation. So then what is sin? And sin, I, well, I've, I've got my definition. What would you say? Um, I would say sin is anything, well, sin is misalignment with God. Anything that is not in alignment with who God is. Yeah, I'd say sin is a, anything that you, where you deny cause of, the reality of cause effect. Where you decide gravity is not going to affect you anymore. And you try to go a different way and go against cause effect. And there's moral cause effect as right. much as there is physical cause right. effect. Well, I think another element to this question is, you know, the like I was hinting at before, the false idea that, um, you know, sin is all of the fun, great, exciting things about life. And what the, what the Bible work Christianity is asking me to do is to not do those. So I got to follow I gotta the good give stuff. those things. I've got to the follow these things. rules, which means I've got to lay down all of the things I really want in order. But I think that's a false narrative. And I think when we talk about the wages of sin is death, what, we're, what, what it's saying is that what is actually best for you, what you actually want out of life, dies when you choose a path that's not in alignment with God as reality, God as as He's created uh, cause and effect. So there's. To, to bring that full circle and wrap that up, what we're saying is there's a full rule set, essentially. The Bible is a, a way of living and uh, it's in alignment with God. I don't know if it's a, you know, it's a lot more like... Um, Suggestions. Well, you know, there's, uh, what do you call like the physical laws? Laws of nature. Laws of nature. Right. There's laws of nature and there's a laws of relationship and there's a law... It's like the laws of creation, let's call it. Right. Things work a certain way, and they just do. 
And, and then you don't, but the reality is whatever, you, you don't have to acknowledge those if you don't want you to. Don't, you don't have to acknowledge those. You can go against them. But if you do. Things will happen that you probably you won't, won't like. like. There are consequences. So yeah. that, that brings me to another set of language that is sometimes confusing for people, which is the idea of flesh versus spirit. Because mm -hmm. we're one person, but you hear people say, well, my flesh is in conflict with my spirit. So what, what is that? So one of, the, one of the complexities of life is that everything is paradoxical. Everything is. And the reason everything is paradoxical... I'm going to stop you for one second. Yeah. What do you mean when you say everything is paradoxical? So it's an apparent, it's an apparent contradiction. Okay. That's not a contradiction. Okay. All right. So I'll give some examples. Uh, are you still right now or are you moving? Yeah, really both, actually, right? I mean, I'm seated, and I'm <laughs> You're essentially seated. still, but I'm never actually still. Yeah, so we feel like we're still, right. but we're actually spinning 1,000 miles an hour around, as the, you know, and I think it's 10,000 miles an hour going around the sun. So we're spinning, we're spinning this way, and we're moving linearly. And internally, every atom in our body it's is doing moving, this. Right? Yeah. And everything's, everything's spinning inside of us. And I feel as still as I can be. Right. Because I'm not, mo relative to the space I'm sitting on, I'm still. Right. Because that's all moving at the same right. place. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, but common it, sense it, it's, that's contradictory right. to our reason, but, but, but it's but it, it is, it, is. Right. it has to be it has to be it has to be that way we know enough to know okay that so really that's a paradox is. that's a paradox and everything is that way light is that way uh, you know everything is made out of the as best we know as best we know uh, from a you know scientific discovery standpoint everything is made out of the electromagnetic spectrum which means that is all like charged particles. And there's space between the charged particles, which means nothing should ever touch. Right. I can, I can feel it touching. Right. So. And according to physics, you're actually never touching. You're never that. touching. And it, yeah. yeah, but you had, but that's right. not. But you right. are. I mean, but you are. Right. So that's another paradoxical right. thing. Why is everything paradoxical? It's because God is paradoxical, and the universe reflects God. Okay. So. Okay. And what is paradoxical, again, it's from our perspective, it seems contradictory, but in reality, it's not. Okay. And the Bible talks about God that way. God is one or three? Oh. He's both. Right. He's both, right? Is God working all the time or resting all the time? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's all <laughs> both, right? Uh, is God part of creation or did he create the creation? Both. Yeah, right. he's both, right? Is he in time or outside of time? All of it. Yeah, it, right. and the answer is always both. Is he human or spirit? Yeah, both. Yeah, both, right. Is God of order or chaos? Or, yeah. Well, yeah. Now, that one's a little tricky because ca the chaos is to us. Right, right. From our perspective. From our perspective. But is it really chaotic from it? Maybe, maybe because Satan created chaos. But anyway. Okay, so, so let's so, wrap all back to now flesh So flesh spirit. and spirit. So humans, if we reflect the image of God, would you expect us to be three or one? Three. 
if we reflect the image of God. God's both. Right. So wouldn't you expect us to be both? Yeah. Yeah. So how many how many marks are there in this room? This one. One. Does Mark have a flesh? Mark have a spirit? Uh -huh. Mark have a soul? So you you you've got you you've got a triune nature as well. Okay. In fact, if you died, it would separate and become something else. And in fact, we're promised that we will be reunited with a spiritual body in the resurrection. A spiritual body. Now, we're not told what that is, spiritual body. But you get some hints from Jesus had a spiritual body, and he could eat, and he could be touched, and he could walk through walls. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. That's, <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> so when we talk about spirit and flesh being in conflict, what are people talking about? All right. So... What the Bible teaches is that uh, when, when uh, Adam ate the fruit, there was death that came in, and there was all kinds of death that came. Many separations happened that day. They did not experience physical death until a long time later, like 900 years later. But the day that they died, there was a permanent relation, separation between them and the garden. They had to leave. There was blame that took place between like the woman you gave me, so mm -hmm. there was blame to God. There was a, there was a separation in relationship. Mm -hmm. The fact that Adam was blaming tells you that he had a separation inside, that he wasn't, right. he wasn't seeing reality as it was. Uh, there, was a, there was a separation between humans and animals, but it, there was all kinds of separations. So nature, there was a separation with nature. Those separation all came in. One of those separations was a separation of our spirit from having harmony with God. That breach took place. Um, so our human spirits. So the, Paul calls that the flesh. Uh, sarx, I think is the Greek word, sarx. Mm -hmm. And the Bible uses that sarx to mean just, you know, flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. It also uses it to mean the nature that we were born with. And the nature that we were born with has all the proper desires in it that God, um, God uh, wired in that Joey was talking about. We all want to belong. We all want to be approved. We all want to have joy and happiness. We all want that. It's 100% of humans want that. But we have this twisted way of getting it, and which is what the separation. We were separated from understanding the proper way to get it. And so that's what sin is. It's seeking proper desires the wrong way. And usually what we're trying to do is seek those things at the expense of someone else. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net. Thanks for listening.